Welcome to episode 191 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who led over 400 freshmen on the hike and did not lose a single one, John Scott Sloat. And they all got lunch this year. Which did not happen last year. <laughs> so we're very pleased that they all got lunch. Yeah, it's good to make sure they're fed. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that kind of feels like a responsibility that we should take care of. In fact, my first half of the day, once the rules and everything were given, I drove around campus in a golf cart. Did you all get lunch yet? Did you go get, did you go get food? Did you go get food? And I told one group as they're on their way out to Miller Field that they, that they needed to get lunch. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go check some things. And they had about a half hour to get from Miller Field to lunch in time yeah. in time for food. And they made, they just came under the wire. But it was okay. close. All right. It was close. Now, did any of the cardboard boats not sink? More made it this year than any other year previous. Really? Yes. They did a good job this year. Okay. What do you – is there something you attribute this to? Um, we changed – so we always said in the past like you have to make – two boats. Uh, This year, we changed the rules so that you could make two boats that would run two different times, Mm -hmm. or you could make one boat that holds two people that must run twice. Okay. So could you see the trade-off there? Like you have to run that same boat in multiple heats? Yeah. A number of people went with that. And I think the craftsmanship quality of pouring your resources into a boat rather than two boats went up quite a bit. And how many rolls of duct tape do you give each group? They so the like scavenger hunt portion of the game. Yeah, every point they earn gets them a basically something we call a rulian or a hike buck okay. that they can then spend at the store, <laughs> however they see fit. Ah, so they have to determine. They have to determine how to spend that buck. How, are they given a, a specific amount of cardboard? Is that they have to buy sheets of cardboard? We only guarantee a certain amount. Okay. Um, but they can buy up to a certain amount as well. It's like four sheets. They can either buy four sheets or up to seven sheets of cardboard. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's seven or eight rolls of duct tape as well that they can purchase. All right. So it's a it's a pretty interesting. And whose job is it to go out and buy all the cardboard and duct tape and have that ready? Um, we have people for that. <laughs> People do it. People, not you. No, not me. No, my job is to come in, hype everybody up, tell the rules, come up with unique wrinkles for the games that we do. And okay, overall, I think I think it went very well. Normally, I'm running around putting out fires this day, but uh, I think we've got such a well-oiled machine that I did not have many fires to put out today. That's good. That th- last week. Okay. So, I've recovered. I went home and fell asleep at about nine fifteen. And that's different how from <laughs> – It's about a half hour earlier than I usually fall asleep. Um, and I, I slept a full like nine hours that night. Okay. So Wow. Wiped you out. It did. It did. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with the show and ask John for your own tips on building a cardboard boat, you can reach us on Twitter slash X at VNSPod. Email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on YouTube. And, of course, we would 
hopefully politely request that you leave us a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you access the show. Yeah. I don't think we've had one on an Apple podcast in a long, long time. It's been a while. Yeah. And I know we have some listeners out there that have not. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, so would love to see a five-star rating and review. Yeah. Why not? What else you got to do today? Real, right? Like, come on. Yeah. It takes you like five seconds, 10 seconds? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, John, uh, you ready to talk some sports? Sure. Let's do it. So we are still in the midst of NFL preseason. Um, I imagine you were quite excited that you actually got to see Aaron Rodgers on the field in a Jets uniform. Uh, it was very exciting. And yeah. you threw a touchdown to Garrett Wilson. That's my boy. Did yeah. you see the? Did you see it on Twitter, I assume? Yeah. What do you think? I, I, it only reinforced my conclusion that I think Garrett Wilson could have a monstrous year. Absolutely, with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Um. So I, I think, yeah, the 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 stars have aligned for for Garrett Wilson to make that leap into one of the. F- five best wide receivers in the league, potentially five to seven best. Yeah, I think that's right. So. I, I think I think he'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he I think his the direct quote after the after the game was playing football with Aaron Rodgers makes football a lot of fun. I bet. I bet. So all right, we should well, we've got a few more weeks, I guess, but do you want to do your preseason prediction for the Jets? Oh my goodness. Because I have to do mine for Ohio State because their first game is coming up this weekend. So, I, you know, you got to do it before the season well, starts. I, so it, next week's episode we're recording this week. Yeah. So maybe I'll do it later this week. Okay. Because that'll be the episode that drops, what, September 12th? No, no, no. no it'll, it'll drop, drop Labor Day. Labor Day or the day after Labor Day. Yeah. So. Okay. But here, here's the thing. Maybe we'll – we got to think this through because here's the tension. We're going to record that episode Wednesday and it won't drop until – so we're recording it before Ohio State's first game. But it will mm, drop after. after. Well, who are they playing in their first game? Indiana. First game of the season is against Indiana. Really? Yeah. I it, mean, that's, should, it should not be much of a game. Well, that that's kind of like playing Miami of Ohio or uh, – it's probably a step up, but yeah, I mean, it is a conference game, but IU has fallen on hard times uh, of of the last couple of years, so it should not be. Mm. But here's the thing: we still don't know who the starting quarterback is for Ohio State, yeah. so you know that'll be news. <laughs> and of course, there'll be all of the like, well, did he do well enough? Like, so I I have an idea, but I'll discuss it with you off pod. Oh, in the event that you don't want to do it, so I, I don't want to put you on the spot on the pod about my idea. So we can talk oh, about okay. that okay. off 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 pod. So, are you going to make a prediction for Ohio State? Or are you going to wait till Wednesday? Well, I need to. Well, I'll I'll do it now. I think I think Ohio State will win. You you talk about season season okay. season, but you think they'll win this this first game? Yes. Okay. I think. 
I would assume they. I, I will also pick Ohio State to beat Indiana. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go out on a limb there. Yeah, if they don't, they have known as the problems. trunk of yeah. the tree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that here's my prediction. Obviously, I hope they go undefeated and win the national title. That's obviously what I'm hoping for. Okay. Uh, my prediction is that Ohio State goes 11 and one in the regular season. Who who's the one lost to? Well, that's the tricky part. <laughs> I I can see four games on their schedule that they could lose. Okay. Could. I mean, I guess anything can happen. But the most losable games are at Notre Dame. Okay. Um at Wisconsin. Okay. At Michigan. Okay. And home against Penn State. Okay. I can all top twenty five teams, yes. Uh Wisconsin is a question mark. Still. It's like a bubble. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm 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 predicting eleven and one. But I'm not sure who that loss is gonna come from. Um honestly, if I had to pick one of those games to lose. I'd prefer it be the Wisconsin game. Hmm. That'd probably be the one I'd prefer. Okay. Uh, and I think they will make the college football playoff. At 11-1. At 11-1. and one. And in this scenario, they win yes. the Big Ten? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, two teams got in last year. Ohio State got in last year without winning the Big Ten. Mm. So. Okay. So basically— You heard it here first. There you go. I mean— I think if both Ohio State and Michigan are undefeated going into that game, they both make the playoff. They both make the playoff. Unless, I mean, I guess it's possible that that doesn't happen, but yeah. Um. So, and then I, my prediction is is that they. I just don't know that this year's team is built. There's just too many question marks to be confident to say this is going to happen. But again, I think they will probably lose in the semifinals. Hmm. Again, you don't know the matchups and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but I think making the playoff would be uh, a, a, an excellent year for them. I can see, like, if things fall into place, they could win a national title, but a lot of things have to fall into place. Hmm. So the first one being, of course, picking a quarterback. <laughs> That's kind of a big deal. So, all right. Uh, do you want to give us our hard knocks update? Uh, sure. Um, my goodness. In this most recent episode, they did uh, – they s- set this up nicely. But they had some guy – I think I believe they practiced with Tampa Bay in this episode. Mm-hmm. And the guys were on the sideline going, Who, who's going to be – who's going to be his uh, Devontae Adams? Who's going to be Aaron Rodgers' Devontae Adams? And that led to a seven-minute montage of Garrett Wilson catching passes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it became the Garrett Wilson show for uh, seven to eight minutes. Okay. Um, so that was part of it. Uh, they zeroed in on two bubble guys. Uh, one guy, uh, name, last name Smart, Tanzel, Tanzel Smart, um, defensive lineman. Hmm. He's been he's been on the Jets for four years, but was on like three other teams the season before. Yeah. 
and they're like doing interviews with his wife and Ugh. his daughter. Oh no! You know, you know they're doing they're doing all those things, and you're just like, oh no. Um, Hard Knocks clearly thinks he's going to get cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they did one with a wide receiver, uh, Xavier Gibson, who's returning kicks for them and looks really good in the return game. And they're wondering if he's going to make the team. We will see. So they did they did a bit of that, and that's always a little hard to watch. Yeah, um, very very hard to watch. Uh, they, uh, uh, Quentin Williams, who who got the big contract mm-hmm. uh, at the practice with the Bucks, Mike Evans called him fat, and he took offense to this in like a very <laughs> funny way. Yeah, he's like, "Did you hear Mike Evans call me fat?" He goes, "You're a nose tackle. <laughs> you're supposed to. You be. are. You're supposed <laughs> to be fat." And then one of two, but you look really good for a fat guy, you know, and started, you know, started having these. And of course, this is all profanity laden yeah. And, and, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Um, anything? Else? Oh, they uh, they have a they have a running back because uh, Izzy, um, I think his I think his last name is Israel or something like that. But but this uh, this guy who got a who had knee to knee contact in the game. Ouch! And they had him mic'd up on the field with hard knocks. Oh. And he's laying there on the ground going like, I can't feel beneath my knee. I can't mm. feel beneath my knee. Yikes. And uh, oddly enough, x-rays came back negative. So it, sound, it sounds like he just got a stinger. Yeah. And it, it deadened his leg. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the game, he's walking around on crutches, but seems like he'll be ready for the season. Okay. So, But that was scary, right? Uh, he's, from, yeah. he's from Long Island. He's from the New York area. Uh and uh, his whole family was at the was at the preseason game, mm. and they're like, they have cameras on his family when he's down Ugh. on the field. You know, you know, it was just very emotional. Yeah, that's that's hard to watch. Yes, and it was kind of fun. Like, it was he got to introduce his coaches to his mom, <laughs> and it was kind of like, I don't know. I remember introducing my teachers and my professors to my parents, mm-hmm. and my professor being like. You you got a good one here, you know you yeah. know you know yeah, say, yeah. saying like obligatory sure. nice, nice things. things, yeah. And it was like it had very similar vibes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, is that what this these relationships are like? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, but that's that's your hard, hard knocks three minutes here. Okay, there we go. Uh, I mean, we kind of mentioned this, not really. Like, it, this past weekend was week zero mm-hmm. of college football. Notre Dame played. Who else played? USC. Those are the only two okay. big name teams that played. Both won comfortably. USC had I saw it on Twitter had like some weird plays. Like I know the quarterback fumbled the ball, picked it up, and then threw a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. USC looks like they're basically the same as last year. Like great offense and terrible defense. So um I'm sure all the Notre Dame fans are very excited about uh, their new quarterback, Sam Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, just at, just a reminder: they were playing Navy. Navy's not especially good this year. You know, I think in the th- what they win by it was like forty-two to three in the third quarter. They were up twenty-eight nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, and that they, doesn't feel like enough of a margin in the third quarter. They 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 dominated the game. Um, so you know, it's we'll see. College football is so weird in the sense of I love football season. I'm so glad it's coming. Oh, back. praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! So excited! For and it's it. going to be first time on pod where the Jets are good. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a fun 
a fun season if the Jets are dominating. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be fun regardless because <laughs> if if they're great, you're going to be reveling in their greatness. We're, yes, and if they're yes. if they're shockingly bad, we're going to have great content. Great content. Yeah, so yeah. It, it it all works out well for us. So, all right, John, you ready to move on? Sure. In our never-ending quest to talk about articles, we're talking about another article. We are discussing a – do you call this an article, a post? What? Substack. Substack. It's a Substack. By Ryan Burge, who uh, – you've heard us mention him before if you listen to the pod. It's probably the third article, Substack, we've done I by him. I think at least. Um, basically, he's a numbers guy. He analyzes data about typically about religion in particular, religion in connection with politics, with culture, etc. Church life, like it's yep. That's kind of his gig. And uh, he had a post entitled "The Current State of Seminary Education in the United States," and we'll put a link to this. You can read like the first. What I'm guessing is probably like what the first half, third maybe of it. Yeah. Uh, before you get to the paywall. Um, But that's plenty of uh, content for us here. And I will say to our our listeners, if you're – some of you might be like, oh, that does not sound very exciting, data about seminary enrollment. Um, We're going to do our best to make the case as to why you should care. Okay. Even as a non-seminary interested person. I feel like if you're a Christian, you should care about this. Really? Yeah. Just about these trends. Give me the elevator pitch. Why, why, why would you say that? Uh, well, I think he's correct when he refers in this article to uh, seminary seminaries as the canary in the mine when it comes to the Canary health. in the coal mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of the health of the church. Hmm. The and basic, so the healthier the church, the larger seminary enrollment is? Uh, the, well, the larger the overall enrollment for seminary, probably the the more likely the churches are that churches are to be healthy, healthier. Okay. That good seminary education leads to healthier churches. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So he is basing this data on information derived from the Association of Theological Schools, which is the. Uh, Accredit, basically the main accrediting agency for all seminaries in the United States. Do you know where they're headquartered in? I don't. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, I did know that. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story about it? Sure. Um, I was at a conference once and the CFO of the Association of Theological Schools was going to speak. And when I go to these things, there was, there was probably like – there's probably 100 people there. And – I'll, I'll sometimes seek out new people to talk to and found a guy sitting by himself sort of three-quarters of the way back in the room, sat down with him, struck up a conversation. And I knew the CFO of ATS was going to speak. Mm-hmm. I struck up a conversation with him. It was the CFO of ATS I sat down next to. <laughs> and I said, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? And he, he mentioned I'm like, oh, so you're speaking tonight. He goes, yes, I hate speaking. I hate it <laughs> when seminaries ask me to do this. He's the CFO? Yeah, financial officer. Why is he speaking? So he was talking about funding uh, seminaries into the future. Okay. And so 
Yeah. So apparently you you have your finance guy come in and speak about this. Um, <laughs> and so he's just like, I hate doing this. It's going to be it's going to be awkward. It's going to be yeah. awful. <laughs> that's, um, that's not a good sign when the guy speaking says that. And, and you know, we're having we're, it, it was actually a fun conversation. Right. But I remember him leaving going like he is not excited to be here. Um, why should I be? <laughs> yes. So the other thing that I haven't mentioned is this happened at the Harley Davidson. The, the conference itself was at the Harley Davidson Museum, Milwaukee. <laughs> okay. And it was Thursday night. It was bike night. And so here, here come all these seminary guys trouncing in in their sport coats and blue blazers and khaki pants, khaki pants. Uh, for a sem- discussion of how to fund seminary into the future in a conference center at the Harley Davidson Museum. Yeah. While outside, you can hear all the bikes <laughs> revving <laughs> and shooting down the road um, while this guy's standing up there for an hour. He was not excited to talk. So talk for an hour about trends in theological education's finances. Hmm. Riveting. Really? No, that's sarcasm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember he spoke for an hour and all I could think of, what a world I live in where we can have a seminary discussion while all these bikes yeah. are yeah. flaring in the background. Anyway, that came to mind. Okay. I remember you've told me that that not the part about you. I don't remember you telling me the story of actually like talking with the guy, but I remember the story of it of it happening at the Harley Davidson Museum. <laughs> Yeah, what a what an interesting place to to choose to do that. And we had barbecue. I remember that too. They served us barbecue and mac and cheese, like it was delicious. Yeah. Okay, so that's the organization. I mean, that's that's the gold <laughs> standard of accrediting. Yeah. And, and you know, it's so uh, every year they produce a report. All of us as seminaries are required to submit information, and uh, basically, what he does is he takes a look at. Uh, enrollment. He's looking at enrollment numbers. And um, probably the most uh, useful way to measure enrollment in a seminary is what's called FTE, full-time equivalent, meaning that instead of counting the number of distinct students, Mm -hmm. you count up the number of courses that that each student is taking and so if a, if there are two students that are only taking a half load, so they're each taking two classes instead of like four classes for the semester, mm-hmm. together those two students equal one FTE, full-time equivalent. So that's kind of the number that, that uh, is used most often to uh, just assess enrollment. All right. So – uh, you want to go through the top uh, five seminaries here in terms of enrollment? Sure, sure, sure. You want to start at number five? Yeah, let's start with number five. Okay. You want me to go first? Uh, yes. Okay, so number five, if I am counting correctly, Asbury Theological Seminary. Yeah, down in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky. Have you been there? I have. Yeah, I was just on campus a few months ago. I have been. I mean, they they're, have, they're they have, a newcomer. They have an undergrad. Uh, what do you mean by newcomer? Newcomer. They've grown a lot in the last 10 years. I think that's true, yeah. Um, but their undergrad is also the site of, if 
for calling it a revival, spiritual awakening, whatever that event was back in – when was that? February? Yeah. February, March. To the spring. Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, and so they have a full-time equivalent of 1,156 students. So that means they have more actual people than that, more more people taking classes than that. But when you average it out to how many full-time equivalent students is that, it's 1,156. Yeah, it's a, and I think it's a respected school. Yeah. Would, would you say that? Yeah. Is a w- yep. w- well-regarded? Methodist slash Wesleyan tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Politically conservative. I know they had Ben Carson there to speak yeah. not that long ago. Yeah. I think it – yeah. I, I would say center-right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, ready for number four? Let's do it. Dallas Theological Seminary. All right. Yeah. With 1,702. So a pretty big jump to um, number four. Yep, good size jump. Um, uh, I believe they still only offer the THM. They don't that's offer correct. the MDiv, they right? They do not offer a Master of Divinity. So that's a, that's a unique niche they yep. have. They also have a pretty large Master of Arts program, though. Do they? So, yeah. Okay. Um, have you been on campus there, Dallas Theological? I never have been. Uh, no, I have not. Okay. I have not. Cla- uh, historically dispensational school? Yeah. Yep. Um. Okay, number three, uh, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah. Our first Southern Baptist school. 1,728. So just so a just bump. just barely beat out Dallas for third on the list. Um, You've been on campus there, haven't you? I have. You've spoken in chapel there? I have. Got nothing else to say about it? <laughs> I liked it. it okay. A nice place. Yeah. Are you a fan of Kansas City? I don't know that I've I don't know that I've really spent enough time in Kansas City to say either way. Okay. So I'm I'm it's it's an open question. Okay. What yeah. side of Kansas City is it on? Is it is it Missouri? Uh, Mi- Missouri side. Okay. Okay. Um I suppose to be Midwestern you'd have to be on the cuz Kansas is still considered Midwest, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. We need a Plains distinction out there. Yeah. The, you know? Plains is usually further north, though, like the Dakotas. I lump Kansas in there. I, anyway, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> uh, so that was number three. Number two, uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, or as yeah. they would say, the flagship seminary of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. Though, if you look at that number, they're at 1,819. Yep. Which is I, – I expected that to be larger. Mm-hmm. I know when I was there, we talked about it being 5,000 seminary students. Now, I realize that's different than FTE. Right, right. But um, we talked about it being 5,000 seminary yep. students. Yeah, and that still could be – both those numbers could be basically correct. Mm-hmm. You, like, Absolutely. You know, because you, you've got students who are taking one class at a time, chipping away at a degree because they're working full time and, and don't, don't – you know, can only take – one class a semester kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know people who went there that got their MDiv in like seven years. Yeah. Yeah, it's a slow It's a slow. They took their ride. sweet, sweet time. <laughs> yeah. And then number one on the list by a substantial margin. Yes, I believe he makes the point that if you take two and three and put them together, number one is still bigger. Yes. Uh, Liberty University. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. L-U. Yeah. 
Uh, the John Rollins, the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity. Three thousand five hundred forty-nine. So almost double what number two is. So yeah, that's. You ever been on campus there to Liberty? I have not. I have been. I was just recently there. Really? Conference? Like what? Um, when I say recently, I mean the last year. Uh, so November, I was there on campus. <laughs> We have – Grace has a number of grads that work there both in the undergrad and the seminary there. OK. There so uh, we have a grad who is sort of a famed biblical studies professor there uh, who was on uh, – who was also on the original uh, Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, believe oh, it or go. not. Uh, Grace grad. And uh, he showed me around, showed me where his season tickets are for football and all these things. And Nice. He, he said, I've seen every building built on campus. Whoa, whoa, yeah. He was there 40 years before he yeah. retired. Uh, the next infographic they have on this is uh, broken down by denominations with the biggest headcounts. And these aren't denominations attending seminaries, right? This is just – These are schools basically looking at a school and saying, what is your self-proclaimed identification in terms of denomination? So some are obviously Southern Baptist. Uh, there's interdenominational. There's Roman Catholic. It's interesting. I'm not sure how they're distinguishing between interdenominational and non-denominational. Did you? I imagine that's the same. Oh, but non-denominational is on there. It's Never listed mind. separately. Yeah, in- um, interdenominational. I'm I'm still confused by this chart a little bit. Yeah. Well, I just don't know how how we and maybe. The, Maybe the issue is less about the article and it is more just going – you have to go look at the actual ATS report and see Mm -hmm. what's going on there. But uh, in terms of denominational affiliation, so uh, by far the largest is the interdenominational category, which again – Feels a bit nebulous. Yes. At uh, a total of 10,794 – FTE equivalent, uh, full-time. No, these are headcounts. It says FTE headcount. Oh, you're right. FTE headcount. Yeah. So actual number of students would be much larger okay. in those cases. But uh, interdenominational 10,794. Southern Baptist is next, which that I would have expected it to be number one, which it kind of is number one yeah. if, if you take it. If you have to have a denomination. Correct. At 7,400, 7,415. Yeah. Um, Roman Catholic at 4,700. Yeah. I know they have a seminary in Cincinnati. I'm trying to remember where else they have uh, seminaries. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. And, and here's the thing. Like this is, again, this is not reflecting what students at institutions say they are. This is institutions this with is students. This is their institutional affiliation. And then every – so everybody at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in this chart counts as a Southern Baptist even though there are non-Southern Baptists attending. I would have counted as a Southern Baptist student when I was at Southern. Yes, though you did attend a Southern Baptist church I, I to did. get the tuition break. Yes, because you get 50 percent off yeah. if you're a hard, – hard, hard to beat that. Yeah. But um, you know, for example, uh, Trinity is the evangelical free church and um, not everybody who goes to Trinity is an evangelical free uh, individual. So. I guess I was a little surprised at that number for Roman Catholic. That's the number that stood out to me. Yeah. In terms of 
seminary students. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. So those are the two big oh, – I think part of what caught my attention is he made the statement, and maybe this was in his tweet. I'm looking – or is it the beginning of the of here? I think it was in the tweet if, okay. I, if I know what you're saying about I can look he it up made, real quick. He made some comment about seminary enrollment overall in terms of just overall numbers is actually up from 20 years ago. It, it Wasn't that the gist of, of, of the uh, – Okay. Oh yeah, no, tweet. no, you're exactly right. Um, let me because th- that's sort of counterintuitive in one sense, um, based on. Now I think here's the thing: the reason that that's true is that it's bounced back. Mm-hmm. That if you if you look at the numbers ten years ago or five years ago, they were down. So uh, here's here's the tweet I believe you're speaking of. A new post today about the state of seminary education in the United States using data from ATS. In 2003, ATS reported a total of 47,748 full-time equivalent seminarians in their entire system. In 2022, that number rose to 50,208, uh, up 5% in the last two decades. Yeah. But I am – Absolutely confident that if you looked at the numbers five years ago, that number would have been lower. That only within the last couple of years, few years, post-COVID has that has that number gotten back up to what the levels were in 20 or 2002, I guess, and then exceeded them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess nationally is, is that – COVID bump going to remain? Is it going to dip back down? Yeah, is it going to continue know. to rise? I... Yeah, I, I I hope it continues to rise. That yeah. would, that'd be good for both of us. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, I, I think one factor that's contributing to this is um, ATS itself is allowing more stuff to be done online. Mm-hmm. There used to be a lot more restrict, like until like was it two years ago, you could not do a fully online accredited Master of Divinity degree. Mm-hmm. You had to take some sort of classes in person on campus. Yeah, and that well, that's the only reason I think Liberty was on this list, right? Because Liberty, most of their uh, students are online. Yes. Um, and until they made that switch where a fully online MDiv could be fully remote, yeah. uh, then they got ATS accreditation and, and yeah. started started producing all these things. Yep. And we, and we are just, as of this fall, launching our own fully online Master of Divinity degree. Which is having a good – Great start so far. Good Very attendance. encouraged. Yeah. Very encouraged. Um, and I think that's probably a part of the bump. And um, yeah, I I think as a layperson, you should prefer that your pastors have seminary mm-hmm. education, not just a Bible college degree. Which you know, a Bible degree can be is great, but seminary takes it to the next level mm-hmm. in terms, oftentimes, of language 
acquisition as well as just depth of study and learning to think biblically and theologically. And that's a good thing for a church to want in their pastors to be able to to think that way, to to teach in those ways, to be informed in their decision making mm-hmm. based on those things. And it's never been more accessible than it is right now. Yeah. In the history of of the world, really, in terms of at least the United States. Yeah. The accessibility issue is um never been easier. Yeah. And not that there shouldn't be exceptions to that. I mean, there are always exceptions, but the vast majority of pastors should have some level of seminary education. And if you're a church, I would would urge you to enable your pastors. If if you have pastoral staff that don't have that, find ways to help them pursue it Mm -hmm. financially, carving out time in their schedules. And even for those who already have it, the sort of ongoing education, for lack of a better word, uh, ongoing life learn, lifelong learning, it is wise to invest in the ongoing theological education of your pastors. Yep. And part of that is giving them generous um, you know, allowances for books to attend conferences, plenty of schools um, – you know, put on thing. Uh, you know, put on seminars and things like that for pastors. Even going on to get a doctor of ministry degree, which is not as academically rigorous as a PhD program. There are all sorts of those opportunities, and I think churches should prioritize uh, resourcing their pastoral staff to pursue those uh, circumstances permitting. Obviously, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And hey, let's put in a, a plug for our own institution, right? We have sure. MA on, we have Master of Arts online programs. We have the fully o- online Master of Divinity program. We have our traditional residential seminary. Come study in the classroom with us. We probably have our most uh, most interesting program is Deploy, right? This competency-based yes. theological education that's different and really resonates with some people. Yeah, so it's it's based in the local church where you get a a spiritual life mentor as well as a ministry mentor, and you take coursework through us, and there's a uh, just a, a good synergy between the church and us uh, providing that kind of theological education, and it is competency-based, meaning that you demonstrate competency in certain uh, areas, and then you move on to the next one. So, and the biggest difference about that program is you pay – instead of paying by the course, you pay a monthly fee to be a part of it, and you get as much seminary as you want. Yeah. That you as much as you can reasonably handle. As you can handle. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, if you're interested, hit us up. Uh, you can go on to www.grace. Sorry, seminary.grace. What is it now? Seminary.grace.edu. Seminary.grace.edu. There you go. And find out more about our different programs. Or find our email on the website and shoot us an email. We'd yeah, love to we'll talk, talk to you about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Time for us to move on, John. You ready? Sounds good. All right. Time now for This Day in Sports History. All right. Today in Sports History, August 29th. How did we get to the end of August already? Uh-huh. I feel like I say that every month. Um, <laughs> August 29th, uh, August 29th, 1960, Swedish, Swedish canoeist. I did not know a canoeist uh, was a thing. It's not canoeer. It's canoeist. I believe so. Okay. Uh, Gert. Uh, Fredrickson, did I get that right? 
I think so. Okay. And Sven Alav. Oh, boy. Judelis. <laughs> uh, Delisis. I think the J sound there turns into an H. So the J turns into, I think it's Shudelius. Uh-huh. And the umlaut there is <laughs> yeah, really thrown. Yeah, the umlaut on the O, yeah. Uh, yeah. When the, the uh, K2 1000 meter in, uh, is that three minutes and 34 seconds? Yeah. Uh, at the Rome Olympics, Fredrickson six gold medal in four Olympic games. Okay, that was a that was a tough first one. <laughs> it was a rough start. I uh, I hope it gets better. Um, Two thousand four Athens Olympics uh, marathon is run on the same route as the eighteen ninety six games. What a fun! That's cool. Yeah. Little little moment there. Yeah. Uh, start at the site of the Battle of Marathon mm-hmm. uh, to the. Uh, Panathenic, Theonic? Yeah, sure. Stadium in Athens. Athens, gosh. Uh, Stefano Baldini of Italy (laughs) wins men's gold in two hours, 10 minutes, and 55 seconds. That'd be a pretty cool thing to be able to run a marathon on the original course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, over a couple hundred years old. All right, uh, on this day, 2018 star quarterback Aaron Rodgers, that one I know, uh, signs NFL uh, record contract extension with the Green Bay Packers, four years, $134 million, rising to possibly $180 million with a record $103 million in guarantees. That's a which, lot of money. Which has cert- now been surpassed by uh, Kay Cousins, right? Oh, uh, uh, sure. Uh, the, these contracts get surpassed every year. I think Cousins got a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, that's hard to believe, but um, twenty twenty two St. Louis Cardinals slugger Albert Pujols hits a career home run uh, six ninety four off Major League record four hundred and fiftieth different pitcher in a thirteen to fourteen win over the Reds in Cincinnati. That's a lot of different pitchers. That is a lot of different pitchers. Albert Pujols on the one hundred greatest baseball players of all time. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. He deserves a spot. Yeah. So who do you like out of that? I kind of like the marathon uh, just because it's at the same site as the okay. 1896 games. That's I can go a blast. With that. I can go with that. All right. One thing you liked. Uh, I'm going to highlight uh, one of my favorite Sundays of the year uh, at our church, and it is Food Truck Sunday. Yeah. So that was this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, this past Sunday, and – they did a little bit different this year. They set up a tent in the back rather than just sort of open air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had basically everybody from the church and all attenders inside this tent or just beyond the edge of the tent. Yeah. And uh, and preach. It had a very historic Winona Lake feel to it. Yeah. Um, waiting uh, for our pastor to stand up on the piano like Billy Sunday and, <laughs> you know, yeah. talk to us about uh, the evils of tobacco and alcohol. Our pastor is much taller than Billy Sunday was. Billy Sunday, a short guy? He was a very diminutive man. Really? That like, explains a lot. Like five feet tall. Yeah, that that explains a like lot. Like 5'2". Well, I think he's a second baseman. Was Billy Sunday second baseman? I don't remember what position he played. But that the statue down in Winona Lake Park area down there. I think that's basically life size, even though it's pretty small. Really? Yeah. Hmm. For whatever reason, I didn't think that was him. Yeah. Okay. 
So what else do you like about food trucks Sunday besides the – Oh, there, well, there's food trucks. Um, but I, I did enjoy this year that I had a good nod to Winona Lake history in there. Yeah. Uh, but good time catching up with church members and – uh, seeing groups of kids play soccer and then kick the ball into the woods and the dads come over and are trouncing <laughs> through the woods looking for yes. this ball. Yeah. Just felt like, oh, yeah, there's something right about that yeah. and, and, and good about that. And it was good connecting with a few people there. And... Did you see one of the dads brought a portable disc golf basket? No, I missed that. Yeah, this was back in the corner back there. Uh, and so and his kids were, you know, Hmm. Tossing the discs into getting in some reps, getting in some reps, got to work on the putting. Nice. So, uh, so my one thing is something you don't even know about. No, no, I saw this on the rundown. I have no clue what this is. So, uh, yesterday, um, in the afternoon after food truck Sunday was over, um, uh, so I think we've mentioned we have a Brit living in our home. Yeah, yep. Uh, and so he's the he's the new popular kid. In the church, getting okay. invited everywhere. Well, he's such a he's like how tall is he? Six four? Uh, I think six five, six six. Actually, he's, he's pretty tall. He's a s- sizable fella. Yeah, though he is shrinking. Really? He, he's. I don't think he mind me saying this, but he's been training for a half marathon, and uh, and also been doing some uh, adjustments to his diet, so he's lost some weight. Oh, oh, I thought you meant height. Like, no, 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 Like the pounding on the pavement is calling him to get <laughs> no, smaller and smaller. No, I mean, I think I've started to shrink a little bit myself. I've mm-hmm. reached the stage of life where I start to shrink, so. Huh. Well, how how short do you think you'll get? I think I'll lose an inch. Okay, okay. So this isn't going to be like a Benjamin Button situation. No, I'm not Benjamin get, Button. Where you get real small. No. Anyway, so there's an individual in our church who has his own plane. Okay. Didn't know about that. And uh, he invited Ben to go flying with him and said, yeah, the Harmons can go along if they want, come along if they want. So I went. My beloved bride did not. Interesting. Um, she doesn't handle the like queasiness that can be induced by sure. flying in a small plane. So Sure. So, yeah, he took us up and uh, it was fun. It was a nice – I mean it's, it's it, it seated six people. So – it was a small plane, but not like but with, super With small. three of you in there, it's quite roomy, I imagine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so we flew out to Fort Wayne and then back and then did some loops around Winona Lake so he wow. could show us like, oh, look, look, there's Lakeland Christian Academy. There's Grace. There's your house. There, you know, that's cool. Yeah. That's why. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to be to be a part of that. So. Um, you know, the area just looks different from directly above, mm-hmm. you know, gets more perspective on how close things are, or how things, how far things are apart. And, yeah. That's cool. And a beautiful I've never, sunny never day. done that. Yeah. yeah, it's great. That's great. How long did it take you to get to Fort Wayne? Oh gosh. 15 minutes. Okay. From the Warsaw airport. Yeah. So, uh, I read, I read, oh, about half of the book Wizard of Lies. Uh, do you know who that's about? No. Bernie Madoff. Oh, okay. Yeah. And one of the things that blew me away was at one point he had so much money that he would get on a seaplane on the north coast of Long Island and fly into Manhattan every day. (laughs) Okay. 
Could you imagine that level of wealth? No, I can't. Where you're just like, I want to work in New York City, but I want to live, you know, three quarters of the way down Long Island. Right. And I'll just take a seaplane into the city every day and back. Yeah, why not? What a wild world. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. We have talked NFL preseason. We have talked the state of seminary education in the U.S. We have talked the Athens Olympic Marathon. We've talked food truck Sunday and my flight around the area. Mm. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later. Later.